Welcome to the Pearl of Great Price podcast. Thanks for joining us today. It's the 22nd of September. And on this day in Christian history, we go back to the year 2000. And we travel to Hyderabad, India, where a quarter of a million Christians clogged the streets to pay their final respects to the evangelist, Bhakt Singh, who was being buried. Inching along the funeral route, they held aloft Bibles and banners with scripture on them, singing and praising God. It was one of the largest funerals in the history of Hyderabad, not in India when compared to other historical figures. He was known as Brother Bhakt Singh and was one of the most well-known preachers and pioneers of the Indian church movement and gospel contextualization that started in the colonial era in Anglican circles. Born into a Sikh family in the Punjab, in his early years he had fiercely opposed Christianity, even tearing up the Bible. And when he had gone to study agricultural engineering in England, it was against his parents' wishes as they were concerned that he would be influenced by Christians. To allay their fears, he had promised his parents that he would not be converted. He enjoyed the new freedom he found in England, travelling around Europe, and was attracted to and influenced by the British lifestyle. As a sign that he was moving on from what he considered his suffocating upbringing, he shaved his long hair and broke the practice of Sikhism to allow one's hair to grow naturally out of respect for the perfection of creation of Wahaguru. He continued his studies in agricultural engineering at the University of Manitoba in Winnipeg and he lived with and became close friends in Canada of John and Edith Hayward who were committed Christians. They always read the Bible at every supper and he visited their church and he too started reading the Bible. Remembering that he had promised his parents that he would not be converted whilst in England, he now felt free from that promise and he was baptised on the 4th of February 1932 in Vancouver, British Columbia. On returning to India, he met his parents in, in what was then known as Bombay, a city now known as Mumbai, and his parents were delighted by his return, reluctantly accepting his conversion but they requested him to keep it secret for the sake of the family's honour. This he refused to do, knowing that they would disown him. And he started preaching in the streets of Bombay and soon attracted large crowds as his reputation as a fiery preacher and revivalist spread rapidly throughout the whole of colonial India. His role in the 1937 revival that swept the Martinborough United Presbyterian Church is now seen as a significant moment in the history of the church in the Indian subcontinent. This grew into a worldwide indigenous church planting movement in India that grew to more than 10,000 local churches and he established Hebron Ministries. His vision matured and focused after spending a night in prayer on a mountaintop in Palavaram, Chennai in 1941. He started to describe contextualised local assemblies patterned on New Testament principles. And he would spread his message by holding 
Holy Convocations. The first one in Madras in 1941 was based on Leviticus 23. After this, the convocations were held annually in Madras and Hyderabad in the south and in Ahmedabad and Kalimpong in the north. The largest one was always in Hyderabad, which would draw up to 25,000 participants and they would eat and sleep in huge tents and meet under a large thatched pandal for hours long prayer, praise and teaching meetings that began at dawn and ended late at night. Feeding such a crowd of guests was handled by volunteers, supported by voluntary offerings, and he became known as the Elijah of the 21st century. Today's mega-funeral was carried out with no violence and no trouble. The largest recorded funeral in history was also in India in 1969 in Chennai, with an estimated 15 million people attending the actor and the politician C.N. Anandurai passing. This dwarfed the funeral of Mahatma Gandhi, which had attracted three million people. Other large funerals in history include seven million people in Washington, D.C. of Abraham Lincoln, who remains one of the most respected and admired American presidents. After his assassination, millions of Americans poured out to pay their respects at his funeral procession. The funeral of Pope John Paul II in Rome, Italy, had about 4 million pilgrims and a TV audience of 2 billion. There have also been huge funerals in Iran and North Korea. But it's incredibly difficult to pinpoint exact numbers of attendees for such large gatherings for a few reasons. It's impossible to accurately count that many people, and many estimates are actually based on counting people visible in photographs. Data can be unreliable and figures are prone to exaggeration. In some cases, crowd figures are overstated, either accidentally due to human error or deliberately due to political propaganda or personal bias. And some funerals last only one day and take place in one location. In some other cases, there might be several funeral services incorporated into one big series and they may take place across several cities. Official estimates may include attendees at all of these locations in one figure. That's all from the Pearl of Great Price today. Thanks for listening. Join us tomorrow if you can as we look at the Russian theologian Alexei Komayakov, who would have a large influence on Fyodor Dostoevsky. And to make our archive easy to access, we started to group our podcast into themes. So if you visit www.pogp.net, the second group on literature is going up this week, from Shakespeare to Dante. And if you'd like to give any feedback, you can email us on pogppod at gmail.com. If you have time, please subscribe and share the podcast with friends. And have a lovely day wherever you are. And thanks for listening.